0: Hi, this is lori short and i'd like to welcome you to episode 7 of my 10 minute podcast where i share a spiritual insight each week that i hope will encourage you and this week's insight is rather personal to me it takes me back several years to a time when i had an opportunity to spend a month in paris And I spent most of my time walking around and wandering into churches and museums and looking at the architecture and just being breathless at the beauty that surrounded me. But I will never forget this one day that I wandered into a small church called St. Soul Peace and found myself in front of this gigantic painting that was by an artist named Eugene Delacroix and the painting was called Jacob and the angel. But the way the painting looked, the angel who was a towering figure over Jacob had his hand on his shoulder and then his other hand in Jacob's. So even though Jacob's head was buried in the angel's chest, it looked like this angel was trying to lead him in a dance. And we're going to be talking about Jacob today and the struggle of his life, which I relate to. And the insight is that forcing your way can complicate your life. And we're going to look at his life as the example for us in some of the lessons that he learned. Now, let me be clear to say off the bat, because I think that many of us find it hard to discern when we're forcing our way. And when we're working with God to make something happen. And it's true that God uses us and he uses our actions. In fact, there's a saying that I heard long ago that God can't move a parked car, which is true. We don't just sit there and watch God work around us. We work with him. But we can usually tell when we're pushing to make something happen rather than waiting for God to let something unfold. And that was Jacob's journey in his life. In Genesis 25 is when Jacob is introduced. And there was actually a prophecy that his mother heard before her twins were born. Her twins were Jacob and Esau. And the prophecy was that the younger would rule over the older. And the younger one would actually get the birthright. And this was unusual because in that day, the elder son of the family always got the birthright, and it was Esau who came out first. But what's interesting about Jacob is he got his name from the way he came out of the womb. He came out grasping the heel of his brother. So right away, you get an indication that Jacob was going to have a hard time waiting for his life to play out, and probably God knew that about Jacob. But Jacob literally means grasping the heel deceiver in Hebrew. And that's why he was named that is because he was grasping his brother's heel. And Jacob continues in his manipulative ways. He tricks his brother Esau when he's out hunting and comes home starving. And he says, I will give you something to eat if you will give me your birthright. And at that point, Esau is not thinking clearly. He is so hungry that he trades away his birthright very carelessly. But Jacob set that up for it to happen. And then after that, he teams up with his mother, Rebekah, to trick his father, who was old and nearly blind, into giving him Esau's blessing by dressing up like Esau when Esau was out hunting and putting animal fur on his arms so his father would think he was Esau. So Isaac gives him the blessing thinking it's Esau that he's blessing. And of course, when Esau comes home, he is furious at what Jacob has done. So now Jacob is forced to run away from home and he ends up with his uncle Laban and laban we soon realize is no accident in jacob's life because he is an even bigger deceiver than jacob is but jacob doesn't know that at first and when jacob first gets there he falls immediately in love with laban's daughter rachel and agrees with laban to work seven years for her hand in marriage And so seven years pass, and finally the big day comes, and Jacob thinks he is marrying Rachel. But the next morning, because the brides always wore veils, he turns around and discovers that it's Leah, Rachel's sister, in his bed. And he immediately goes to Laban and says, why have you deceived me? And I wonder if Esau's words were echoing in his head when he said that to Laban. And just a side note, I think sometimes the way God shows us things in ourselves is by bringing someone into our life that has that same quality. Because I don't know if you've noticed, it's much easier to see those things in other people than it is to see it in ourselves. And that is certainly what happened to Jacob. So Laban says, I had to give you my older daughter, but you can certainly have Rachel too. You just have to work seven more years. So Jacob works 14 years and ends up with two wives plus their maidservants and a lot more than he bargained for when he first made the deal with Laban. But Jacob's quest for control finally comes to a head when he leaves Laban's home and ends up spending the night alone up in an area where he has an encounter with God. And this takes me back to that painting that I saw in St. Sulpice. It's the encounter where Jacob wrestles with an angel, and this is found in Genesis 32. And all night long, he wrestles with this mysterious figure who he refers to as the Lord. And so Jacob is essentially wrestling with God. And what's interesting about it is Jacob overcomes the angel and beats him, except that Jacob Is left with a limp and he says to this figure to this angel I will not let you go unless you bless me and I think that that is really the quest of Jacob's life that is how he got his blessing and that is what he's asking for in this wrestling match and what the angel does is so interesting he gives Jacob his blessing by giving him a new name which is Israel And Israel means he has struggled with God and overcome. But Jacob is the one that leaves with a limp. And I think that that was purposeful on God's part. Because Jacob leaves with a new name and a new dependence on God. Which is really the struggle of Jacob's life. And thinking back to that painting that I saw in Saint Soul Peace... What struck me about it is that God was trying to lead Jacob in a dance. And Jacob couldn't see it because his head was buried in God's chest, in this angel's chest. And that is such a picture of the way I live my life and maybe you too. So often I think I know what I want and when I want it. And God doesn't have it for me the way I think it should be packaged. And he's trying to lead me in my life. He's trying to lead you in your life. And it's very likely that he has the very things that we want and desire. But he has more than what we want and desire. He probably has it in a different package than we desire. And at a different timing than we desire. And our job is to submit and to let go and let him lead us in life's dance. I think the biggest lesson that Jacob learned is that life is best lived when we stop forcing our way and let God lead our life. Thanks for tuning in. If you are encouraged by today's podcast, be sure to check out Lori's new book, Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious Timing. Lori also has a new 10-week video study to accompany the book which can be found on rightnowmedia Media and lorishort.com.